Yes, so you uh, may take out your Bible um, and go to Matthew 1. Um, I thought we were going to get to Christmas, but we'll get to Christmas next week. Um, uh, because it was, there's just too many things in this passage, and maybe even too many for me to, 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 to touch on all of it. But today we'll read through uh, 1, um, 1 through 17, uh, chapter 1, 17 through 25. Um, and then we will talk, I will share with you from that passage. Um, and so, and so before I, oh, don't, don't do that, easy, easy. Uh, before I did that, do you remember last time when we went through all those names? For you who are new, that was just like that when we, you saw those faces. You had no idea who they were. But for us, who knows? It means a lot. So, so uh, yeah, that was just uh, from last week. All right, so let's, pr- uh, let's read together. And this time I will lead you through it because I remembered a click, which I didn't do last time. All right, so let's uh, read. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Son of Mary, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for what, for that what is, is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. And I forgot to, no, I, oh, thank you, Jonathan, thank you. You're great up there in the PowerPoints. Um, yes, uh, Jonathan is up there. Aaron's up there. You can give them a hand. They do a great job. So, uh, um, um, so uh, again, as we start, as we started out last week, uh, the mission of Matthew is to tell us that Jesus is the Christ. He is the promised one. He is the one that was going to come. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's God with us, which this passage also says. And he says again in the first slime, now the birth of Jesus Christ. And like we talked about last time, Christ is not his last name. It's the title of who he is. Um, so he, 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 Matthew is going to keep emphasizing this. And so that's also what he does this week. Then he says when his, uh, his mother and had been betrothed, so that's why my Emil was asking, are they married? Are they not married? Well, 
Uh, if we take the next slide, there's a little bit of a different, a little bit of a difference here. Uh, so this is a commentary. This is uh, basically that a lot of time the marriages were arranged, and you would have a one-year waiting period where you were legally married, but you weren't living together. And so it's in this period that Mary is having is already all of a sudden she's pregnant. Now, most of the time, that would cause a, d a divorce, but it would be a breaking of that relationship, and the families would have come together, and it's like, okay, this is a huge scandal, and they will have to break off um, uh, of what they have already set out to do. So it's in this, in this period of time. So when we talk about marriage, I was just remembering that we have this in our statement in our statement of faith articles of belief is that we believe that marriage has been instituted by God. The church defines marriage as an exclusive covenant union between one man and one woman in which such union is a lifetime commitment. So that's what we believe marriage is. Then down on B is what about sexual relationships? Sexual relationships are exercised solely within marriage, hence sexual activity outside of marriage are incompatible with the big little witness. In short, sex is supposed to be inside of marriage as a gift between a husband and a wife to build that up because outside, it's going to destroy the people that are using it. It is not safe uh, and you can feel vulnerable in a way that you shouldn't if sex is used those things wise. And it's like, how do you know? Because I was, did that. So I speak from experience. Not, that's not the proof. That's just because I was not smart. And I was not, uh, what do you call it? I did not trust the Lord enough to think that that was a better plan. But when we believe in who Jesus is, and when we believe in who God is, we trust that his plan for sex, money, alcohol, uh, giving, all sorts of things, is the best one. And we want to follow that. Because if we believe that God, God is a good God, he's never going to limit us, but lead us to freedom and a better life, not a restricted one. All right. But then, uh, that's going to be a little bit later. there. But then what, is, what happens here? Well, there's a problem that Mary is pregnant. Matthew lets us know that she has not been adulterous, but that's the Holy Spirit that's behind this. Um, And so if we, in Matthew, we see the story from Joseph's point of view. If you go to Luke, you hear Mary, how, they, how Gabriel comes to um, Mary. So at this point, well, we have to be honest. We don't really know if, if Joseph was madly in love with Mary. We don't know. It could have been arranged because the families wanted to. But anyway, his future was set. I'm going to marry this person. But all of a sudden, this person seemed to have broken with the families, with him. So in a sense, he must have been confused and sad and mad and frustrated. 
um, and like let down. Like what he thought was his future plans was not really going to work out that way. But then we look at Joseph and like what kind of man he is. Uh, if you go to the Old Testament, what adultery would lead to would be that you would actually stone those two people that had been adulterous. Now, the evolution of, uh, or not the evolution, but the, how it was with the Jews at this time is, first of all, they weren't allowed to kill anyone, uh, but also it was more like um, you just shamed people. Like you took them to the town square and shamed them that this person is pregnant outside of marriage. Like this is a disgrace to the family. She's a disgrace to her own family and to her, to her, to the, to the, to the, 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 the deal that they have made. But we see that Matthew's writing that Joseph is a just man. He's not willing to put her to shame. He is in his mind going to divorce her, but quietly. And so if we pause here, what about when somebody sins against you? Do you run and tell everyone? Do you want shame to be poured upon them? Or are you just in your dealings with people? And I know some of you in here, some of you in here, Eva, Eva, or Johan. Um, how do you re respond? And I know some of you people in here, you have been greatly sinned against. So I am not downplaying this at all. But how do we respond inside and outward when people sin against us? Because Joseph is in this situation that has disgraced him and his family. But he chooses to deal with it quietly, not having a heart to shame the person. So what's our response? Is it vengeance is mine, says I? Or do we respond like Jesus? We're unwilling to put others to shame. Like even as a parent. You, care, you, can, you catch your kid in doing something they're not supposed to. Do I have a tendency to want them now they have to feel that they did something wrong? Um, or if somebody, yeah. So here we see, like Joseph, he doesn't put it on social media, or he doesn't go to the, he doesn't go to the gates. They don't probably didn't have a gates, but in the, their town, but they had a marketplace or a, town, a well where people weren't. He didn't. He not. The, he's not the one that's sharing the news. What about us? Do we do we share it in the marketplace or online when people? hurt us. And, and it's interesting to see that Joseph doesn't act immediately. He is considering what to do, the test says. And then he does what some people would say is a good idea. He, he sleeps on it. Although he is like made up his mind of what to do, he's considering this and he sleeps on it. What about you? Have your attitude been different? If 
If you calmed down enough and slept on it, have you experienced then your attitude to what a person and a situation has changed? So what is our attitude when these people are sins against? Like we outward, we can be like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I've forgiven you. But then what about inside? Is it, is it all like going, is it, is it bitterness or other things festering in there? Is it anger and bitterness yeah, burning inside? I'm not saying we don't get sinned against and we don't have serious wounds. But one thing that has probably never ever worked is that lashing out in our flesh, in, lashing out in our flesh has never solved a conflict, but has only escalated it. Then some of us, we can be, like I said, we can be very religious and say we've forgiven the person. But then later on, it comes back up. Because it's not about only what we do outside. It's all our understanding of why do we forgive? So this is me sharing uh, what I sometimes do. And this is not uh, an example to be followed. And this is not because I'm a, I'm a, um, a great person. But this is sometimes how I respond. It, I'm sharing this only because it gives you time to reflect. I never do that, but I, maybe I do that. So it's just for you to maybe reflect. So if I were, if I have different ways of doing it, <laughs> but if somebody sins against me, I um, I might get really quiet and not say much. Some people call it the silent treatment. Uh, my behavior would change and I would act with little grace. And then I have the other part, which, <laughs> which is mostly when people aren't there. I'll burst out with anger. What is that person doing? I also sometimes have problems with my head. I don't know if you had this. But you replay things in your head. And it's like, if we, I, this, I mean, I, I would have said that instead. I would have done this instead. I would have done this. What I'm sharing here is that, uh, uh, how, not, how not to do it. <laughs> uh, that's an indication that, that something is not right. But how, how do you respond when you're sinned against? Can you feel or experience through your life that you're growing in grace because you have understood that you have been forgiven by Jesus? And so because we've been forgiven, Jesus is asking us to forgive others. Do we respond too fast? We lash back out. Or do we stop? pray and consider how to respond. And I know that's difficult because most of us just respond. We, at least I have a tendency just to respond. When Jesus died and rose again, he died for our sins, but he also died for the sins that was going to be committed against us. So when we are sinned against, we're called to forgive as Jesus has forgiven us. And so the gospel is very clear that we are to extend that forgiveness. 
because we have been forgiven. Now that is not easy, but it's the only way we can have freedom and experience mercy and grace. Because if we hold on to unforgiveness, it will be bitterness that grows in us instead. Understanding that forgiveness is not that it was okay what was done to you, that's not what it means. But forgiving is letting God be the judge and us being free from being the judge. Have you ever been forgiven when one time when you knew it was all your fault? Like sometimes, in, in many conflicts, we, we, we at least believe that the other person is mostly responsible. But, you ever, but have you ever one time known this was 100% my fault? And instead of yelling and screaming at you, the other person comes around you and says, I forgive you. What happens inside of you at that moment? Because that's what Jesus does in his life and his death and resurrection. Jesus had absolutely, he was absolutely not at fault. He was absolutely sinless. But he comes around us and says, I can forgive you. When you hear stories of people doing that because they were forgiven by Jesus, and you hear how people respond to that radical forgiveness, a lot of times people become believers because that is very supernatural. Okay, back to Joseph. You're like, where are we going? Like, we haven't even gone anywhere. Well, Joseph had made this decision that he's going to sleep on it. Uh, and then he's messing it. Then he is, uh, then he's met in his dream by a messenger of God, an angel. And let's look at what the angel says in, in verse 20. I think it's a beautiful way that he addresses him. Like he uses his name, Joseph. And then he uses like Joseph, son of David. Like he, he speaks the word Joseph. And then he says, of David, his lineage. He's reminding him of who he is. And then he comes, and maybe this is a word for you today. He says, do not fear. Isn't it so often that we don't do what the Lord asks us to do because we fear? And here also, maybe it reveals what Joseph was also struggling with. Maybe he really did want to marry her, but he was afraid. Maybe he was afraid of what people would say, all these things. But the angel comes to him and says, Joseph, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. And so the angel lets Joseph know that God sees him, that he sees him this, in this situation. He knows the situation. And he says, do not be afraid. Even in this situation, do not be afraid. Because the baby has been brought on by the Holy Spirit. 
that's why. And then he says, the jo <laughs> the, therefore Mary, 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 this is a weird thing. That, well, yeah, take Mary as your wife. And then the angel invites him to be the adopted father of Jesus. You will give him the son, Jesus. A name, you will give him the name Jesus, which we talked about last time, when God saves. Because he will save his people from his sin. That is what Jesus is going to do. That's why he is the Messiah. That's what Matthew is so adamant about pointing out to us. This is what Jesus is going to do. He will save his people from their sins. And then, then Matthew is a is a Matthew is a longer book than Mark, but Mark covers more stories. Matthew has less stories, but it is longer. So he uses a longer time to describe different things. So here he put he 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 wants to show us that this is not new. This is a fulfillment of a prophecy, and so he says, as Isaiah said, or as as uh, angel says, as the Lord spoke through the prophet, so that God spoke through Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And then, uh, that's so beautiful that God comes to dwell with us. Now, men, maybe some of you, and I, I'm going to take a little time here, because, um, because it's also interesting to note that, uh, that the Matthew doesn't explain how this is possible. He just states it. But in the world we live in today and in world history, this has not been... <laughs> easily received all of the time. The early Christians just believed it because that's how it was. But a lot of pushback has been there on the virgin birth of Mary, or virgin birth of Jesus, I apologize. And so you can say like, I was just considering like, well, why is that? Well, we talk, when we talk about in the beginning, most adults know how babies are made. And so this is impossible. Um, and some 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 faith has been appalled by this. Like, why would God come and have sex with a woman? It's, it's like the old uh, Greek gods that that sometimes that happens. They would come in human form and then be with uh, different people. But that's not what we believe as Christians. We don't believe that. We also believe that this is essential. And it's like, why is this essential? Because it has to do with who Jesus is. Jesus is not only, Jesus is not a con, um, Jesus is not a product product of two humans. He is both God and man. So it's essential belief. So then you're like, how did it work? I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, but it was, but it was, but, so I don't know the technical 
parts of how it, how it, how it all works out. But, but we have to understand that Christianity is a, is a, we believe in a God that's supernatural. Like in a, in, and sometimes I, sometimes I think we as Christians are so wanting people to understand what we believe that we forget that we believe in a God who created everything out of nothing. So creating a baby is no problem. And if we look at Jesus, we're going to look at Jesus' ministry. Um, he can control the sea, the wind. He can make water into wine. He can heal people. The Lord of the universe is not underneath the rules of what he created. He's above all of us. And so, so it's a mystery that the three-in-one God, he had a plan to incarnate into this world and it was made possible by this human woman, Mary. And the Holy Spirit made that possible by making a baby. And even, oh, I have that slide. I actually have that slide. Um, from Luke, uh, Mary asks the question, um, Okay, so I'm gonna get a child. She she also knows she she knows how children are made, because she says, "How can I have a child when I'm a virgin?" And then Gabriel explains, "Well, your your cousins, your Elizabeth has just had a baby and she's old." And then he says, "Because nothing is impossible with God." But for some people, this is a very big deal. I remember one guy, one man, a gentleman who had a talk show program. He said if he could interview anybody in the world through history, it would have been Mary saying, Were you, were you really a virgin? Because I don't, I don't think that's the only proof that Jesus is who he is, but it's very essential because it would prove who Jesus is. So the belief. In, in, uh, in Jesus' virgin birth shows us who Jesus is. And just like Myers and other people are saying, it shows the beauty of who God is, the beauty of who Jesus is. Because I think I'm totally lost in my notes and I'm just making stuff up. But, but because... Sometimes, like, my kids would say, hey, it's Jesus' birthday. Well, yeah, but, you know, Jesus is actually eternal. <laughs> Jesus has always been with God the Father. He's always been with God the Holy Spirit. So at one point in time, uh, the Lord creates everything. Out of the overflow of their love, He creates everything. Then we rebel against God, and then still there's a plan to redeem us. And so God chooses to, to send his son Jesus into this world through this Virgin Mary. 
And we read, the, you know, in John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever will believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The, not, not, to ju not to condemn the world, but to be saved by the world. But humans have two responses. We run into the darkness because our deeds are evil, or we run to Jesus because we know we need a Savior. And there, you know, like the healing, virgin birth, G Jesus, you know, everything be created out of nothing is not really a problem. We would say even the greater wonder is how can God turn hearts of stone into hearts of flesh? How can he re have rebellious people turn and from their own way to follow him? And that is what Jesus accomplishes by his life, his death, and his resurrection, his promise of his coming back. So today we talked about how do we, how do we respond when people have sinned against, uh, sin against us? Do we understand that we've been forgiven in Jesus? Have we experienced Jesus coming around us 100% of what we did wrong was ours? Have we experienced that we could have our sins forgiven, that we could be reconciled to God, that we could be adopted into his family, that God is the judge and we are not, so we can forgive and be free and live in the power of the Holy Spirit, this life he has, he has for us. So what's your response to Jesus? Jesus' response was to obey the commands that the angel came with. He broke with, the, he broke with tradition and, had, and married her immediately and took her, not waiting the full year there. Joseph believed. He did not, it says, doesn't have, they don't have, they don't consummate the marriage, they don't have sexual relationships with each other until Jesus is born. Later they have more children. And Joseph gets to name the son Jesus. I think that's beautiful. He's still invited in to be the adopted father and name the child. So what does it look like for you and for me to obey, to come to Jesus, to live out this forgiveness of Jesus, to extend grace to one another, the mercy to other one that we have experienced? I think at least what we want a life of worship to God and the joy in Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for the time we can sing. Thank you for the time we can pray. Thank you for the time we can give. Thank you for the time we can live and listen to your word. Lord, I pray for each of us here. You know exactly what you like Jesus. You know the people that are in hardships, hard time, they had a bad week. You know the people had a good week. You know the people had a middle week. Help each of us to know that you see, you know, and you love us right where we are. Holy Spirit, I pray you reveal to us how much grace and mercy we've received from Jesus. 
help us not just take, but to understand and live it out and, and give it to other people as well. A supernatural life where we are marked by who you are and what you've done in us. I pray it will create much joy and freedom in all of us. That people around us will see who you are in our eyes and say, oh, I, that is what I need. The grace of the Lord Jesus. So Lord, we pray, pray for this week. Pray for the upcoming events. We pray for the person just at home and the families that, that couldn't make it today. I pray you bless them and encourage them. Help them to know that you're near. Help us to reach out to the people that couldn't make it and, and bless them. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for all the things that you do. Help us to honor and glorify you this, through this week and help us to grow day by day in who you are. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so you may uh, stand up and we're going to have the benediction. And uh, if you're new, don't run away. We will have dinner together afterwards. So, so uh, we, would love to, uh, we would like to share a meal with you and talk to you uh, and get to know you a little bit. Um, so, yeah, don't run away. Um, so we will read from Hebrews, Hebrews 13, uh, 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good thing that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen.